he looks like he's 90%. He's 90% there. He's like, he's missing a little bit, that 10% of like the finishing, especially. This is LA Kings Fan Talk with your boys, Rodney, Rob, Darren, and Joe. What's up, everyone? How about them Kings? A nearly, nearly perfect game. The Kings beat the Golden Knights 5-1 to one to move within four points of first place in the Pacific Division. Joe, let's start with you. What were your thoughts on the game? I thought it was probably one of the best games of the season, if not the best game of the season. Um, yeah, I mean, just uh, all around, like, uh, all 60 minutes. I mean, basically, aside for letting in the one goal, which, you, uh, you know, you can't... Uh, can't fault fault them for for allowing one goal, but yeah, I was just I, I don't know. I, I think what I was saying earlier, um, told my wife like in the second period, I'm like, this is like kind of boring, but in a good way. Like they're just so like robotic and like completely shut down uh, Vegas. And as Rob mentioned, you know, uh, was it uh, the Kings playing that good or Vegas uh, not playing that great? But I think it was a little bit of both. But I think the Kings had a lot to do with it. So that's my thoughts. Same. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, it was uh, it was fun to watch us not struggle against Vegas finally, you know. And it, those are huge games. We're past midway point. They're, they're no matter how anyone else looks at it, I'm looking at it as an in-division game with someone that's above you. And to play that well. And to win in regulation, it's it's you couldn't ask for anything more. It was a great game. What do you think, Darren? Yeah, it was a good game. I think uh, Anderson and Dowdy especially had probably their some of their best games defensively. Like they're they had four or five times where they just denied a two on a three on two coming at them at the line, just just completely denied it. I mean, they played that grouping especially played super well, but the team as a whole, I mean. Like as, as the other two have said, like we played complete sixty minutes, so probably our best game. So would have been cool to see Copley get the shutout, but played pretty solid. And his his friends Crossbar and Post uh, had a good game too, so that was that worked out. Would you yeah, guys- I was bummed that, that that he didn't get the shutout for sure. I, th- I thought for sure that he was going to get it, and yeah, but that happens. Got the win. That's all that matters. All right, let's talk about Kevin Fiala. How's he doing, Darren? Is he worth that money, or was that a bad signing? Uh, he's probably worth a little bit more now at this point, right? I mean, point per game player for us, and I mean, he's – I've said it multiple times. He's so good, he generates offense regardless who he plays with. And so the fact that we can play him down the lineup and he can still be our leading scorer – like it, that just adds so much depth to our team. It makes us more complete. Like makes us more dangerous all throughout the lineup. It, it's it's awesome to see. He's he's a fun player to watch. I think Jarrett Stoll was saying something like, "The Kings have have not had a player this good. You, you can't even remember when they've had a player this good." It's good yeah, to hear. I, I, I totally agree. Like I, I think I tucked out last night, but like he's got to be the most dynamic player the Kings have had. And, since maybe like Palfy, like or you know even maybe even better than him, uh, you know he was hurt so much. But uh, I mean, the, the what's what's re- like really impressive too, like aside from all the skill, oops, um, is 
is all the uh is the strength man like guy is a full-on beast dude like just that one goal he scored or whatever it was a couple like a week or two ago where he fought off two dudes it's exciting to watch though anyways yeah he's uh there, there's kind of a little bit of some grumblings about why is our best player playing on the third line and and i understand the grumbling i really do but if if you got a guy that can make offense regardless of who he plays with and if you're not limiting the minutes a third line is playing. I mean, it's not a third line if he's out there and he's producing and thank God he's producing too, because what I would hate to see is him being on that third line and then the third line going dry for a while. And then that's when you could really start going. Why is a guy that we're paying this much money to be our best player on our team playing on the third line? So if he's producing down there and making another viable line for us, you can't complain about it. I think that line has great chemistry too. It, it I mean, does. Like you got like you got a guy who's great with like possession and um, good along the wall with with Lardy. He also is a great shot. But um, and then um, you know the speed of both uh, uh, Lazat and. Uh, um, Fiala, Fiala just yeah, just like really compliments. I don't know, just they they all kind of compliment each other. Um, right. and, and like even just looking at it on a paper before it, they had done that, it just looks like it would something that would work. So, um, and obviously, like Fiala's getting the, the power play time too. So it's you know he's going to get you know a couple of minutes a night uh, um, playing there. So um, well, I think I think it's funny that people are actually calling it a third line. How can you call a third line with your, with your leading point score and your leading goal score, goal score. Yeah. <laughs> on yeah. a line? So I, I don't know if it's Blake Lazat hate that's making people sit there going, why is he on the third line? You know, stuff like that. But yeah, it, we got three lines that seem to be pretty equal in, in offensive generation right now. And I think that's why we're being successful and, and winning. Right. So before the game, they interviewed uh, Velarde and they said, how are you how are you liking Fiala uh, on your line? And he said, uh, with somebody that good, I'm just going to try to get him the puck as much as I can. And sure enough, what does he get? He gets three assists last night. So he did what he said he was going to do. Quentin Byfield, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Baron? So I went to the game. Uh, against Dallas last week. And I think that was like the best game he played so far, at least since he came back. That was the first game he was full-time on the top line as, as well. And I think he played really well. He he looks he looks like he's 90%. He's 90% there. He's like, he's missing a little bit, that 10% of like the finishing, especially. There's like, how many times did he rush in last night and have a good chance and just didn't quite finish it? So I, I, I don't mind him being on that top line. I think when Trevor Moore comes back, he probably loses that spot to more follow. And maybe he goes down to the fourth line if they don't want to break up that third line. But I don't mind him on the top line, especially with the guy we have injured and stuff like that. So, What do you think, Rob? Well, and I'm always I, – I like listening to, to both sides of arguments and – and 
Byfield continues to be a polarizing player on the roster for a lot of Kings fans. People just can't get over the fact that we picked him second overall and he's not a a producing player in the NHL yet. Personally, I think that's a little harsh. He's our youngest kid on the roster, but there's still people out there and they'll they will you compare him to Stutzla in Ottawa. That's who he's tied to because that's who we could have. And as we're recording this right now, Stutzla had a hat trick last night. You know, why isn't Byfield producing at that rate? Um, but and for me personally, especially when you got a team, the uh, organization that's as deep as the Kings, we got time with a 20 year old, six foot five. You know, he's still he's still getting his feet. As far as I'm concerned, he was he was a, a super young draft age when he went in. He was the youngest, you know, because of his birthday. He was draft eligible, so he was already almost a year behind. Anyways, we almost got a built in another year. You take a look at, at a kid like Tage Thompson in Buffalo, who's just tearing it up right now. I'm not saying Byfield's going to be Tage Thompson, but Tage Thompson's 25 years old. I mean, First we good still, season last year. Yeah. Think, yeah, think about this. Five years. If we just give him the room to grow and put people around him to teach him how to play the game right, I'm willing to see the growth and, and go through some of the growing pains. But on the other side of it, you're going to sit there and say, why is a kid drafted second overall, only have four points, in 14 games, why is any better? Why is any better? And bottom line for me is we're in second place. We're playing good hockey. Just lay off him. Just lay off him. Let him grow. And he'll hopefully he pans out for us in the long run, which I think he still will. I think he will pan out in the long run. So so put him on that Kempe development timeline. That's what you're saying. Sure. Why not? If we're winning, what does it hurt? If we don't. If he's just the sprinkles on top of our ice cream sundae and we don't need him to be, you know, the main course of that, like, that's just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, why no, not? I agree. 100%. That was a sweet there. analogy there, Darren. You're welcome. I didn't want to say he was the cherry on top because <clears throat> I feel like the cherry is a bigger finisher, but, you know. Um. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll jump in here. And, uh, so I'm, I'm not uh, impressed by – him so far but i totally agree with rob I, I, um I, i'm just being honest you know like uh, i do think he has started to kind of improve but um but nothing like in my opinion that's really he's done so far has been impressive but yeah he's got we've got plenty of time and uh um and you know uh we've got a lot of good players so it's not like we necessarily we don't have to depend on him so i i, I don't i don't I guess yeah, I get the criticism second overall, blah blah blah. But um, I mean, it, there's no guarantees when you're drafting players. So um, you know, I think he was drafted in an appropriate position. You know, maybe if he went third, fourth, fifth. I mean, well, what does it matter? I mean, it really, it's like um, at the end of the day. I mean, you get guys that are great end up being great players that are picked late later on in the first round or even the second round. So. Um, 
So I think I think it was a good pick, and you know, uh, you know, it will be a bad pick if he if he absolutely is a bust. But I mean, you just see him skating around; he has the ability to play in the NHL. I mean, you definitely you can tell that he has that skill level. Um, it's just putting it together, and he, and it's gonna yeah, you obviously need time too. You know, like you're, if you're playing eight nine minutes a night, like it's hard to kind of really break through and. You know, even like look at like Velarde, like you know he had injuries and whatnot, and so is Byfield too. That's the other thing too, is he's been injured uh, at least once, what right last year, and then with a, a pretty significant injury. And then I don't know if he got actually got hurt this year. I heard they said he got sick, so I don't know if it was COVID or something else that shut him yeah, down. It, it wasn't. Yeah. It didn't come out what it was, but yeah, he yeah. was sick. Yeah. So you know, so I mean, it's not excuses. That's legitimate reasons for you know stalling somebody's development. So. Um, anyway, that's my thoughts. And, and even though I say, I understand all that stuff, I agree, Joe, he's not impressive and people, he's not doing very well. Okay. But yes, there is, you do see the glimmers of, of the size and the speed and the skill, you know, hope, and hopefully it comes through. He looks a little timid, like to be honest. Like he just doesn't like he's not very assertive, I, and I guess that's the one thing that's maybe a little bit uh, disconcerting. But I, I don't know. Uh, still, again, there's times on his side. Why does he play with uh, Lazat stick? Anybody know? <laughs> Why he uses a short stick? He uses a short stick for a big guy. Really, I haven't noticed that. I'll have to. <laughs> I'll take a look at that next time. Maybe he needs a. Uh, Maybe he needs Kalia's uh, tape job on <laughs> the <laughs> handle. Toilet paper roll. <laughs> if you could go back to game 10 or 11 when we had our podcast around then, we're talking about Brant Clark being sent down. You know, and and I even I brought up way back then, I don't think they're going to keep him. And we all know he's good. Uh, I said, I think he's our best defenseman, not named Mikey Anderson or Drew Doughty. But I, for some reason, I just felt like they were going to, we weren't going to use him. And sure enough, here we are. It's official. Brent Clark will not be an LA King for this season. They, they're sending him to the OHL. Now, does that, a kid with that kind of skill set, a kid that, looks like he belongs in the NHL right now. How much good can it be him going and still playing the juniors game? Darren? I think uh, I think it'll do him good. I think just playing hockey will do him good. I think the problem for me was if we knew we were going to send him down, why do we wait for you know two extra months or whatever? Why not just send him down after it? Give him the nine games, let him go down. Like, to me, um, I think at that level, like kids should just be playing. Like, it, I don't think it matters. Like, if they go dominate, like that's fine. I'd rather them just be skating and playing and growing every day. And I get like, oh, he he does practice and stuff like that, but nothing is practice is not games. Like, you you don't get the same stuff that you would in games. And and I think the only thing that frustrates me is they should have either sent him down or. Send him down two months ago when you, after he played his nine games or keep him now. But I know like with all your, our right-handed defensemen, like it's kind of unfeasible. So either they needed to make a trade or something, but 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think it makes any sense why you have Sean Walker on the team and not him. Like, like it's just. I, I don't know. Like, if that's just a, uh, like I think I said in the text message the other day, where I, I don't know if you're just trying to like justify his contract or something, or trying to get make him tradable. But it's kind of silly. Like, it just. I mean, what's the worst that happens if you bury him in the minors or something? You know what I mean? Like, uh, like. You know, obviously Clark's contract's not going to disrupt the salary cap or anything. So, um, yeah, it's good. And then like what Darren's saying too, the whole like wait a month and all that kind of crap. It's just kind of I don't know. It just seems like I don't know. Like Blake is sometimes just winging it. Like you know, like I know he learned from Lombardi, and like you think he has like some structure, but a lot of times I feel like he just kind of like uh, you know, with particularly like in the last whatever the previous few years where he's besides Colville Chuck and all this other crap. Like it's, it's just like kind of it seems like one, one bandaid after another. And, and so, you know, Clark or what's it called? Uh, Walker, Walker, you know, Walker and Edler could both like just go home as far as I'm concerned, like, <laughs> like, or sit in the press box. Like we got better options. It is really strange that you wouldn't have, like say even Spence in the lineup, but like okay, you're gonna move uh, Clark down there. At least give like some of these uh, like other guys that like really. I would have Bjornfurt and and uh, Spence in the lineup, um, and then wave Walker. If somebody picks him up, fine. Keep Edler as your your uh, uh, seventh, since we have such a glut of righties. Which is why I think it's weird what they did with. With Clark now, he now becomes a not option. You know, so does that mean we're not going to make trades? Because to me, keeping him means we we are going to make a trade now. Because <laughs> Walker, Spence, Dursey, you know, Clark, they you have to. It's so. So I think what this does now is says. Okay, he's not an option. We could stand pat now. Which, in the grand scheme of things, we're winning, right? So why do you? But everyone knows you need that depth. You 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 got to make that trade for what you're lacking in the season to make that playoff push. So I don't know. It it I just found it a little weird. I I honest and. This is fan talk, right? This is Ellie King's fan talk. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of Brant Clark. I think he's, I think he's fantastic. I don't care that he's a little skinny. He's, he's what the new NHL defenseman sh- does. He moves the puck. He thinks the game. He's, he's very, very skilled. And, and now we don't get to see him for the rest of the season. So I think it might be the Kings. The Kings want to deal from a position of power. They don't want to make a deal because, oh, now we have to, because now we have all these people on the roster. We have to get rid of somebody. We're not going to get good value back for them. And even though, yeah, everybody wants to bounce Walker, I think they think that he's just good enough to where somebody would pluck him for free and we won't get any value from him. But, yeah. I, I, I think that's fine, though. If someone takes Walker off our hands, I mean – Everyone cried about us losing Clegg, was it two years ago? And, like, what has he become? Uh, a sixth 
defenseman on the Buffalo Sabres, like, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's not a big deal yeah. if we lose if we lose guys like that at the bottom of your lineup. Like guys like that move around all the time. We have we right. have enough depth as the Kings to absorb that. It doesn't matter. Like uh, like right. Forbort and Amadio. What are they doing? Well, for first guy like Forbort's, yeah. Well, Forbort's fine. I mean, but Amadio, when he was here, everyone hated him. Like the he's King, not a first liner too. Him. So no, <laughs> it was temporary. Yeah, it's. Different. I mean, there, yeah, there's all. There, yeah, I mean, there's always like players like that where I, like, who cares about Amadio? Like, even you know, everybody cried about the other guy, like Kubalik guy too. Like, and I don't know what the situation was, why he wouldn't want to sign with the Kings, but it's like, do we have so many, so much offensive talent on this team right now? Like, like, why would you even like worry about what happened with those? And like, in the case of Walker, somebody's got to go, right? So. Um, and he's kind oh. of just in the, we have a glut of right-handers and he's kind of like the, like, like the worst one, unfortunately. I mean, I think I, I feel bad cause I think that injury really kind of like, 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 uh, you know, stopped his progression as a player and maybe he, he does start to improve. If he goes somewhere else. But again, uh, if you want to look at it this way, if he gets claimed and, and off waivers and, and you have Clark on the team, like that's like a million, what million and a half difference in terms of. Yeah, cap space. So there, you got, you know, it's you'd have to buy him out at least. But know? with with Clark being sent down, now we don't have to let him go. Well, no, I get that, but I'm saying if they did have him, right. have him, then they ha- you have to get rid of somebody. It's like, like that's just the way it is. Like you, you like want to hurt the team for what reason? Like you want to keep a lesser player on the team? That's what doesn't make sense. Um, uh, but and you know, if I understand, if you feel like the players got something you know, to work on. Um, but uh, he was an NHL player. Um, you might as well just have him on the team, you know, what, what good does saving one year of his entry level contract matter? I mean, it, 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 in the grand scheme of things, it's. And I'll tell you what, and it's like what you're saying right there, all you guys. So we lose, if we lose a, a guy like Walker, you know, Oh, who cares about this? Brent Clark I, I truly believe he's a game changer. Scott Walker, did I just call him Scott Walker? You did, Sean. Sean Walker. <laughs> Sean Walker is not a game changer. He's a solid defenseman. Okay, he's 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 serviceable. Yeah. And in the grand scheme of things. I want a game. I want a game changer. I don't. Yeah. I don't want a serviceable guy in the lineup. That's and that's that's why I'm just a little dumbfounded by by the whole thing. Yeah, that's a good point. Let me put it that way. Yep. So you want all the defensemen to be game changers? How awesome would that be? <laughs> no serviceable defensemen. All game changers. <laughs> all right. Second line. You guys ready? With Ayafalo and Dano and Arvidsson playing very well together, did Moore lose his spot on the second line? What do you think, Darren? I think he has at least temporarily. I think if they're played dips at all, he could probably slot back in. But, I mean, we know we – I said this at the beginning of the year. Like, if there's a line to break up, it's those – it's the three of Moore, Dano, and um, Arvidsson because we know they have chemistry. And we almost had instant chemistry. I mean, when they've, they've all kind of missed games – Throughout the season, but when they get back together, they're they're right back to doing what they do. Um, so if Moore came back some, tomorrow, 
you going to break up that second line or are you going to throw him somewhere on the fourth line until some other lines falter? I'd probably put him in the QB spot and just move Quinton down and just, I mean, more with Kopitar and Kempe and, you know, put Quinton Byfield down on the fourth line instead of Kupari or something. This this segment's going to turn into not talking about the second line. It's going to turn into what should the lines be? Because <laughs> that's because you're bringing it up, Darren. You really are. I because I I sit there and I'm just thinking about all the different when Moore comes back, when Kaliev comes back, how different the lines are. Yeah. People have to be moved, and I don't. On my side of it, I don't think Moore loses spot. I think you have to put him back, and I think I follows the one that we shipped down to the to the third line so now you're going to break up the third line which is doing amazing exactly with fiala well, there. to me the third line is just fiala <laughs> so i think i think fiala and and i follow on a third line together would be fantastic this is this no. is this is a good spot for us to be in we have so many options now after all yeah. those years of sucking yeah yeah yeah, well, somebody's going to have to be traded eventually. I mean, I I would wager to guess that that was probably going to be I follow. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do right now? Let, let's say Moore and Cali have come back. I think they're going to keep. I think. I mean, if everyone's healthy, they could even just run fourteen forwards, right? I mean, and I mean, it, it's at least at the home games, and we have a lot of home games these next month or so. So, I mean. Unfortunately, you just wait for another injury and you have a spot to fill again. I wonder who is the player that does get moved eventually, though. Moved yeah, as in traded, right? Yeah. I mean, somebody's got to go. Um, I think the, the the easy one is Ayafalo just because he has the most uh, that's like, tradable contract. But, I mean, you could you could sh- ship out Arvidsson. You could ship out more. You could ship out Ayafalo, like if that's the deal breaker for a big name. You know what I mean? They all make about the same amount of money. For sure. And that's that's what we need to to make most of the deals we need is one of those three I guys. So. I, I used to be all about trading I follow, but for the over the last few weeks, I'm like he he's the Kings have played so much better with him in the lineup. I don't know. Yeah, Not and sure. it's tough. And like I hate to lose like Arvidsson. I, I don't think he would get moved just because he's a right hander. And you know, yeah. I think we need that. Um, uh, I mean, I don't think that's the only reason, but uh, but but yeah, I think when Unfortunately, like I wouldn't really want to see I follow traded either. But yeah, he's making a what five million a year or something like that. Who's that? What like what is yeah. I follow four? four. Yeah, he's making four. Four. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he's but, probably, I think probably the guy who's going to bring you back the the best package given his age and yeah. Yeah, I think I think the thing is that's he's the one who needs to be traded if we're making a trade in season right now. If we get to the off season, things change. We could trade a lot of different people because the salary cap's going to go up, and we have a couple contracts coming off the books that we don't have to. You know, Quick's not going to be making five million again. Um, who's the other one that's a free agent? There's one more, uh, Edler. We we have his Edler. spot to fill, and like he's not making a lot of money, but it's a guy we need to fill his space. Sure. And so, if the salary cap goes up and we have that extra cap room, like we we may not have to trade one of our guys for making four million to make a deal. Or we could keep him and trade a few of the young kids in a pick. Yeah. That's the thing, though, is if they do make a trade, like, 
we don't really need anything back at this point. Well, a defenseman, I guess, if you can get a defenseman. That's what we yeah. all been talking about. Yeah, right-handed, solid left-handed defenseman. We got too many righties. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah. So, what are we thinking about Copley? Are we good to go into the playoffs with him? Is if you keep playing like this, we don't need to look for a, a goalie for now. I mean, he's first off, uh, Kings fans. Go vote for Copley to be in the All-Star game. He's played well enough to earn it, and they need another goalie for the Pacific. And and I think he has played well enough. I mean, do I think he he's going to maintain this play? I mean, who knows? Goalies are so up and down, and, you know, he could, you know, have a bad game and it just spirals out, or he could become, you know, I forget the name of the goalie, and the cup run tonight. 94 who messed everything up for uh not messed everything up but it was like a rookie came in right an older rookie kind of deal and he could be like that guy yes is copley only good in the winter and because he's from the north pole and then when it gets a little hotter his magic disappears i don't know well you know i brought up tim thomas i mean that's who you're talking about i don't know darren but no no, the kings the kings in 94 they had a goalie who oh who uh God. It was Rudy, right? Was their main goalie, but then like yeah. Rudy had it was having a bad Stauber? season, Rod, Rod something Stauber? like that, yeah. And yeah. like, so he could be that kind of guy where he has. You talking about Rick Knickel? Season, maybe I don't even know. No, I, had to was, I was four years old at the time, so. But but yeah, I mean, Tim it's Thomas was the same thing. Tim Thomas was a career minor leaguer until he got called up to the to the Bruins when forget who got hurt, and he was in his early thirties, I think, maybe even mid thirties. Um. And, you know, had played only a handful of NHL games at that point. Got called up, and then, you know, like a year, like, I don't know if it was that year, but it was within a year or two, he won the Stanley Cup um, and played well the rest of his career until he retired. So it's, it's really not that ridiculous to think that that could happen. Um, I mean, how great would that story uh, be for like, we win the Stanley Cup with Copley? Yeah, it'd be awesome. It'd be a great uh, story. For sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, like, what, he's lost what two games so far, right? Is that it? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, he's been solid. So I don't see any need to go get a goalie as as long as he continues. If he keeps this up for another month, then it's kind of like you kind of have to think that it's not a fluke. And I think part of it too is I do think the Kings are playing good defense now. They've definitely cleaned up their what, what that mess that was at the start of the season. So, so uh, there's a stat for that, Joe. Yeah, what you're talking about exactly. It was it was said on the last broadcast. Since since block shots have been tracked since 2006, so the last 17 years, mm-hmm. no team in front of a goalie has blocked more shots than the Kings have in the in the 13 games that Copley's played. Gotcha. In 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 the since it's been tracked for so in yeah. 17 years. We are blocking more shots for Copley mm. than any team in the history of yeah. block shotting. So that that and so people always sit there saying, "How come you can't play like that for quick?" There, it's there's a stat to sit there and show when Copley's in net, the Kings are are playing a different brand of hockey. Can you imagine Ooh. if we got Alec Martinez back in the lineup? He would never see any shots on goal. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of crazy. For sure, yeah. All it took was us uh, sacrificing Cal Peterson, right? Yep. 
Yeah, what's going on with him? Is he? Uh, I haven't been paying attention. He's it was just... good to start. <laughs> He's not lighting it up. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, it was good. It was good. In his first like three or four games. I, I like, almost want to say shutouts. five games. Yeah. Yeah, it was like two shutouts and like a one goal against average, and then the la- they've lost their last six, Ugh, and oh. it's been it's been pretty bad. So high scoring games. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, not optimistic that <clears throat> that guy's gonna crawl out of his funk because uh, still rooting for him though. But yeah, no, uh, absolutely not yeah. looking good. For not looking good. For sure, for sure. I mean, crap, we're stuck with this contract, so uh, you hope that he can regain some semblance of a NHL caliber goaltender. But <clears throat> um, at least he's not hurting us right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. Since we're talking about lines, quick comment about our fourth line. The last two games, we've won one game. We've lost the other. But it's the first time the entire season that it looked like the fourth line went out there with the purpose of I'm going to run into everybody I can. And I think and for the first two periods against Boston, it was helping. And then last night's game absolutely dominate and i think it it goes to show you need some type of body contact out there just to keep things lively just to keep teams honest you know and it was cool to see brendan lemieux thank god he didn't break his neck on that fall last night that was terrible but he the reason why that happened is because he was out there he i saw on two or three different shifts where he hit Three people. I was just gonna say row. that. I saw I counted them where he hit Bang. four people on the same shift. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's his job. That's what he needs to do. And if he does that, then I'll I'll have no problem with, with keeping him around. But that's gotta happen every game now for the rest of the right. season that he's in there. He's gotta go out there and bang as a as a whole for that whole fourth line needs to do that. So right. He, he like on, on one shift he had more checks than most Kings players have the entire game. Correct. Hmm. Yeah, he's got to keep that up for sure. You guys want to talk about defensemen? Are we good? Are we good with the yeah. defensemen? We're good. I, I think the only comment is uh, I think Dersey and Roy have figured it out a little bit. They've become a little bit more comfortable with their lefty, righty, left-hand, right-hand side stuff. A little bit. And, I mean, it's taken – half a season but they they look a little bit more comfortable out there they still they still have moments where they run around i know that's what rob's gonna say no nope. but they they do look more comfortable even two righties out there I, i'll i'll make the comment Dursey's actually figuring it i so things are running around things are getting a little helter skelter instead of nine out of ten times Dursey being on the ice when that's happening now it's only like six or seven times he's on the outside of the tent. He's doing a lot better. He really is. I, I I'm he is. He is. And I'm rooting for you gotta understand I'm rooting for Dursey. I I I like his little swagger he has. Last year that shot. That like, shot against Boston was yeah. awesome. Yeah that was, that was a great shot. Yeah what's he, not he, he makes like these little dangles that defense. nobody else on the Kings even tries and, and they work sometimes. Yeah. So yeah it's and good then stuff. in the playoffs like I said, I don't I don't want him to be a guy that drops the gloves, but he's he's out there trying his hardest all the time. He really is. And 
do I think he meant to give that puck up the first game of the season to, to lose a game? No, I don't think he meant to. You mean you mean even the point we're still chasing that you're talking about? Yeah, but he's he's out there trying, and I, you gotta. That's from a fan perspective. That's what's so endearing to to a player. You know, I love seeing guys that try that you can physically see them trying their hardest. You, it makes me root for them even harder. So. It's just he's he's just a liability a lot of time and he hasn't been I would I would say last three weeks four weeks he hasn't been that much of a liability at all. Yeah, I would still like yeah. to see uh, Moverari or Move Rare depending on who you are. You know, just maybe every other game with Adler or something. That would be nice. All right, you guys want to talk about uh, our next game coming up? We got Edmonton Monday night. Darren, you're going to be there, right? Yes, sir. Well, then I expect to the, the uh, Crypto.com crowd to be very loud. I know you're going to get the fans all riled up. Oh, yeah. So we got four more games at home before we go on, on, on a little road trip. Edmonton, San Jose, New Jersey, and Dallas. So that's four four teams that can cause some trouble for us, right? For sure. Um, we got the King Killer on the Sharks. We got Jersey, who was on fire forever. They've slipped a little bit recently. Dallas, who's really good, who that well, that was like a playoff preview watching that game for me. That was a good uh, game. That was a good and game. Then, yeah. And then Edmonton, who yeah, we had a great playoff run series with them last year. It's it's gonna be some good games. So, um, just to recap, the last time we talked, we 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 talked about five games coming up. There's ten points available. Yeah, and uh, we all had our predictions. I think I was the closest, right? Um, no, I was. I I got it bang on six points. Oh, I think I said seven or something. I went one above. Yeah, yeah I said seven. I think I said six also, because we were at a sixty percent. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know what? I said five. You did said six. You said six percent. You said six. I said five. Oh, all right. So okay. we called. So I win? <laughs> we we no, called that nothing. stupid Philly thing. and that stupid Philly yeah. game. Yep. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. I didn't even see that. I was. Uh, I only saw the end of it. I forgot. <clears throat> I my reminder. My phone got swiped, so I didn't. Uh, Took me three days to watch it. I was in Maui. I, I watched like a period a day. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, but between I, I between pina coladas, pretty, I imagine it was pretty painful. But um, yeah, um, but no. I, so yeah, I was going to bring that up too, Rob, um, because we were talking about back then. I think part of the conversation was that you know the Kings can't beat good teams, and like I don't know where Dallas is in the standings, but they definitely looked like a good They're team. First, first, first place. Okay, so yeah, Kings were toe to toe with them. The Kings could have easily won that Boston game. Let's let it slip out, you know, slip slipping through their fingers. Yep. Um, but they played well, um, right. and then you know, obviously, uh, last night's Vegas, and, and the, don't forget so, the Colorado game that we came back and won. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, I mean, the, the they're definitely taking another step. The Kings are definitely a good team. They, they yeah. are legitimate. Like, right, and people can't. You sit there and and just in the last six games, seven games, whatever it is. We've played Vegas twice, Colorado, Dallas, Boston. We beat Dave Vegas both times. We beat Dallas. We beat Colorado. And like you said, we that 
that Boston game, we were two periods right with them, and yeah, and we beat and we beat them the first time. Yeah. yeah, they had a couple of really good chances in the third that they didn't bury, and if they did, that game easily could have gone the other or way. Or the Arvidsson one that trickled on the line. Like, oh yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was that was close. I've never seen that point. happen before. It like hit the post and like bounced back the other direction, like on its side. It was really strange, but. Yeah. And did um, did you notice? Did you notice for Boston too? This is people that don't watch hockey don't understand the the emotional part of it that it changes games. And you, Marshan gets tripped, and he did get tripped. Yeah, and and he throws an absolute fit. Yeah, he gets all emotional, and mad, and he goes out there, focuses, boom, scores. Right. Yeah, and then Lemieux goes out there and fights with Frederick, and what's Frederick do? He scores two goals. Two. It's yeah. like what the hell? Yeah, it, it's the the game's so emotional, and and there's a there's a toughness about it that, which is why I lo- love the game so much. We that's why I'm always begging for us not to be so soft, because we we need that chip, we need that emotional rush, yep. we need that that toughness. We really do, and and that's just a small little example of of what it can bring to a team. So. I hope when they do get a, if, you know, if and when they do get a, another defenseman, um, that is somebody that's physical. Because I, I do think that is definitely one area where the team is is lacking. Like a um, young Matt Green. Yeah, or ho- hopefully somebody with a little bit more <laughs> uh, uh, foot speed and um, whatnot. But sure, yeah. I mean, um, you know, uh, yeah, somebody that not that doesn't have to necessarily be a fight, but you know. But uh, I mean, I guess we got. It's like a know, Chris like Pronger a, type. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not even sure if I can come up with a name that I'm thinking of. But like Mikey yeah. Anderson, he throws his body around. So does Dowdy. But every once in a while, Roy. Uh, but on the on the uh, offense side of things, yeah, it's just there's really nobody there. That's well, visible. here's here's a little rumor I heard. Um, my brother, who's kind of connected a little bit with with some guys that are close to the team, he knows a guy who knows a guy. Said, I think he said he heard Jim Fox maybe saying it too. I don't know. Matthias Eckholm, big left hand, big left handed defenseman. He's on Nashville, right? He's on Nashville. Yeah. It, okay. it, it, he he would fit in with uh, with Arvi and and uh, Fiala. Is that so, it? Is I, that is that an E three? What is that? That that's an yeah an E two and a half <laughs> maybe. I don't, but he's I don't mind when I heard that i'm all like okay a big left-handed really good defenseman i don't know how physical he can get with this i think he plays a little soft for his size but when you're just that size anyways mm-hmm. you know you, you you tend to naturally be physical but i just don't like is he's he's old now he's 32 i hate saying that that's old but yeah hey, i mean we're all 32 so that's except for darren but yeah Oh, my birthday was last month. I just turned 32. Oh, we're all 32 now. Congrats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's something to look for. You know, I know there's all the, the Chikrin talk and Ekholm. I, there is a little backdoor grumbling about maybe Ekholm might be on the way out. Especially, if I had to guess, if I had to guess for this season, it's I don't know what his contract looks like. I'm, I don't have it in front of me. But, like, it's probably going to be a deal for a guy like that where it's, like, not – it's not something where we have to give up a ton of assets for, or, and we don't need to send. Um, he doesn't have a huge contract, you know. 
So you're saying that, Walker be, Walker for Alcombe? Is that what you're saying? I mean, if they if they're willing to do that, I'd sign it right now. But I think I think there's not going to be a lot of deals this year. Everyone's right up against that cap, unless there's a lot of people who sell their cap space or buy the cap space, whatever you want to however you want to call it. I don't see a lot of deals being done this year. Uh, Ekholm's contract is is pricey. He's he's got so, four years left at six point four years left. Wow, jeez, yeah. See, what, I, what if I they don't ate, think they do that? What if they ate half of it? And that's and you. That's what I'm saying. You, the way today's NHL contracts go, teams are more than willing to to wheel and deal and eat eat some and stuff like that. So you, you never know. I I personally, I'm still. I would like to see Chekrin come come on in and. It is what it is. I would too. I just want to overpay for him. I just don't want to be in the spot that Florida's in where they traded a first round pick for Sherratt last year and now they're possibly not going to make the playoffs. How many points are we going to get? Sharks, New Jersey, and Dallas. That is our next four games. Right, who, who, wants to, who wants to start this off? Let's see. I'll say five points. Five out of eight. I'm going to say five also. I'll say six, forever the optimist. I'm there with you, six. I I think we keep it rolling. I think we'll get two against San Jose. I think we'll we'll surprise Jersey. Jersey won't be ready for us, even though they're starting to turn it around themselves. And then uh, we get a a loser point in Dallas and a loser point in Edmonton. That's (laughs) six points. I can see that. Actually, you know what? I would love, but I'll trade it all away just to get the win against Edmonton. I'm going to say we beat all the good teams because we, we tend to play a lot better with the good teams. And we freaking lose to lowly San Jose again. Kind of like how we lost to the Flyers. I'll tell you what, the Edmonton game, or I'm sorry, the San Jose game on Wednesday is on TNT. And we're finally playing a team on a national broadcast where I think we're actually the actual draw now, you know, like the last major one, I think it was against uh, Dallas maybe. Yeah, it was against Dallas. And Dallas was the headliner because they're the number one team in, in the central, blah, blah. And so that broadcast focused on Jamie Benn and Sagan and Robertson and Ottinger, all their, all their stars were now on this TNT broadcast. I'm sure they'll talk about Carlson the season he's having in San Jose, but what more can you talk about them? They're they're not very good, so they're going to have to talk at length about our LA Kings and how good they're doing. Yeah. So I'm sitting. We were talking about this last night. We we're all watching the game last night at my fam- at my mom's house, and it actually brought up Alex Faust and Carlin Bathe and. They're asking why why am I so critical of them two? I sat there and said, Well, just because when you take a look at when you compare those two to say the other two that are part of all of it, Jim Fox and Patrick O'Neill. Jim Fox and Patrick O'Neill, they are guys that one hundred percent love rooting for the Kings. And when I'm sitting there watching TV and I see guys that geek out about the team that they root for, that's when I can empathize. That's when I could sit there and 
hey, they're just like me. I love the Kings. They love the Kings. When I look at Carlin Bathe and Alex Faust, I don't think they love the Kings the way I love the Kings. And that's why I get a little irritated with that whole thing. Well, I used to like, uh, what's her name? I always thought Heidi Andral was Yes, like, exactly. Like, unfortunately, she went and did like UFC stuff or something like that. I'm not sure where she's at now. But Did you guys uh, did you guys see that Jared Stoll thing afterwards? The Jared Stoll special? A day in the no, life? Uh, no. So they followed him around for a whole day. Uh-huh. And they ended up talking to his wife a lot, Erin uh, yeah. Andrews. And she's got her LA Kings sweater on. And she makes the whole, all those clothes for you know, she has her own clothing line and she has her own LA Kings thing. And she said, they're showing her a couple of times going, yeah, go Kings go. And she, she's rooting for her husband's yes. guys. That pay, and it just makes me like Aaron Andrews. I, I do like Patrick O'Neill. I heard him on, uh, strangely enough, uh, he was on the Howard Stern, what do they call it? The after show. He wasn't even on Howard Stern, but like this after show. And, um, I, I don't know how he ended up on there, but, uh, uh, but then, like like that same week, I had gone to a Kings game, and it's when they used to do the the intermission on the the floor of the 100 level. Um, and uh, I was at the went to go get a beer at the bar, and it was right you know right next to where. The, and he walked walked by. I was like, I was like, hey Patrick, I heard you on uh, uh, the Stern show the other day, or whatever. And uh, he sat there and like, talked to me for like five or six minutes before he had to get on the 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 thing, or whatever. I thought that was super cool. I'm like. Like he was like super excited that I had heard him on on there and all that stuff and uh, but uh, yeah, I mean he's obviously a a, a big Kings fan uh, for sure. Like uh, I know he used to be kind of a goober back in the day, but like he's definitely grown on me quite a bit. You know, like right. I think he's gotten better at what he does too. Like right. Um. So uh, and it and it always helps though yeah. that when when you can convey a genuine feeling of I like my job. And I like what I'm doing for the team I'm doing it for. And, and from a fan's perspective, it's like, yay, you're on, you're in the same boat as I am. All right, Kings fans, don't forget to like and subscribe and share because that is our show for today. Until next time, stay classy. Go Kings, go. Go Kings, go vote for Copley. What's up? Ben Ben Hawk. Vote for Lubo. <laughs> I mean, Copley. <laughs>